Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Oh, I guess we're doing this. Man, who's uh, politicsed out? <laughs> I, uh, I certainly, certainly am just about politicsed out for the moment. I've been watching like 12 hours a day of this Trump impeachment. Don't worry, everyone. We're not going to be talking about the Trump impeachment. This is going to be a no impeachment episode. But uh, because I've been watching 12 hours or listening to 12 hours of Trump impeachment a day, and then on top of that, listening to the commentary and the analysis of different commentators on the radio and TV and podcasts, along with doing all of the local politics, I guess I figured we'd do something different today. Now, it's not too different from what we just did a couple episodes back when I talked about the death of the drummer from Rush and then all of the other celebrities that had died kind of around my dad's death and talked about that, kind of getting a little personal. I think it was episode 70 maybe. But, you know, that got a really good response from listeners not only in Indiana, not only a bunch of my local friends and fans and family and supporters, but it got a good response from people all over America. So I figured I'd go ahead and try something different on this episode where there's not a whole lot going on locally to talk about. And at the moment, we're just kind of in suspended animation with the Trump impeachment because we're still just hearing the same thing from both sides. Guess what? If uh, you haven't watched or listened to anything since episode 72, Mediocre, when I was talking about the Trump impeachment, the Democrats want him impeached, and uh, the Republicans are saying they're not going to impeach him. So <laughs> nothing's really changed. But so because nothing's really going on and it's a slow politics day, I decided we might reach down into the depths and... Uh, God, I guess I'm really doing this. I guess uh, we're going to talk about me and be a little personal without the without the politics. And so, uh, man, you know, I I have only the director to blame, and the director is a nickname of a friend of mine who. I guess I'm going to have to tell her that her nickname is the director. See, when I take notes and I keep notes of people that I talk to, different sources and folks, I don't ever use their real names. I assign them all kind of code names or nicknames. That way, if I ever lose any of my books, no one will know just exactly who's been telling me what. So there's a person that I talk to quite frequently, and it'll be interesting to see if she can pick out who she is. My nickname or code name for her in my notebook is the director. Now, that's not going to give anybody else any type of clue about who she is, because that has nothing to do with what she does in life or anything. It's it's really kind of a, a word association game. You'll never figure it out, so don't even try, but... We'll see if she can figure it out. She should be able to, 
No one else will be able to, and it'll be interesting to see if she does. I'll keep you posted on some later podcast to let you know if she figured it out or not. But anyways, I was talking to her a while back, and she said, you know, you ought to tell some of your stories on your podcast. You know, on days when you don't have anything really to talk about, you don't have an interview, you ought to talk about some of your stories, or you ought to talk about some of the personal aspects of your life that you talk about in just regular conversation. Because besides the politics and and everything that we talk about there, we also talk about just regular stuff, and we've had conversations that go quite long. And she's got a point, and I've heard other people say this in the past, but for being my age, you know, I'm not exactly too young, but I'm not exactly old either. But for being as old as I am, I've lived kind of a a crazy life, and I've got some stories to tell. Like, for example, someday I will relay to you all the story about when I bought a cow when I was a sophomore at Delta High School from the Gaston Fair on a whim with no money. And the thing is, it's not like these stories are just stupid stories. Most of them have great points to them that might be able to help you in your life or someone that you know. Now, Yes, most of them are also stupid stories. I mean, that's just that. But maybe these stories might be something that you or someone that you know can relate to. Or maybe if it can help somebody or I don't know, maybe if it's just a way for us as people to connect, then it's worth it. Now, don't get it twisted. It's not like I think I'm some kind of great wise teacher or some kind of sage old man, but just... (laughs) they're interesting stories and like I said in the past this is supposed to be entertainment as well and I'm supposed to be open and honest and connecting with you guys and since it's my podcast I guess I'll take this opportunity to do that and I mean one thing connecting it back to politics like I said in episode 70 is who are politicians Who are the people that fill the seats at council meetings? Who make up the senators at Capitol Hill? People. And people have lives outside of politics. And if we can maybe start realizing that people are behind all of these politicians and that there are people on the other side of the aisle and behind the microphone and there are people behind the computer screen, maybe that would actually help us in the political realm. I I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe that's a silly idea and maybe this is not going to go very well and maybe it'll crash and burn. (laughs) We'll see together. But because it's my podcast and because it's been a slow week locally at the state level and on the national level, we'll, uh, we'll roll the dice and see how it goes. Maybe it'll make me seem more human and uh, maybe <laughs> maybe it won't. I, I honestly can't believe I'm going to do it, and honestly, as I say these words, I know I've got probably about four hours worth of work before this is actually uploaded, and at any point, I could just scrap all this. So if you're actually listening to this, uh, it's been against all of my better judgment because we're getting ready to get real personal. But before we do that, I do want to say thank you for joining me for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and giving me another 45 to 50 minutes of your time, however you're listening, on your favorite podcast hosting site or the home link of perception.fireside.fm. Please continue to share these individual episodes as well as the podcast platform as a whole, both the audio and live video episodes. Of course, the live video episodes you can find by going on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbury on Facebook or facebook.com backslash Bilbury318. And now for the audio episodes, I'm going to start pushing from this point forward just about three of the hosting sites, knowing you can find it everywhere, but Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify, those three hosting sites will never let you down and you'll always be able to get a good listening experience from Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. And then of course you'll always have the home link, perception.fireside. .fm as a backup, but using one of those three 
will definitely help you. So be sure to share this episode and tell everybody that you know it's not always going to be this sappy. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. So let me ask you guys out there in podcast land, and I want you to do me a favor. Depending on what the answer is, whether it's yes or no, I want you to call me or you can Text me, 765-546-9796, or you can email me at khbilbury at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbury and let me know. How many people out there have watched the Netflix movie Marriage Story? Now, here's what I want to know when you get a hold of me. I want to know if you watched it before I'm talking about it, or if you haven't, and if you watch it after this podcast because I talk about it, I want to know that too. You can call me or text me at 765-546-9796, or you can email me at khbilbury at gmail.com, or hit me up on Messenger, or Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbury. But let me know, have you watched it before I've been talking about it in this episode? Or have you watched it since you've listened to this episode? And let me know what your impression of it is. And of course, this is not live radio, so you're not going to be able to call me until after this. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But we're going to go ahead and talk about the movie anyways. And I do want to give a spoiler warning and just be sure to let you know that we are going to talk about different aspects of this movie for a second before I get into my personal story. I guess today it's not perception is reality, it's personal is reality. (laughs) Jesus. But I don't want you to think that this is some kind of big mystery movie that I'm blowing the ending to that you have to watch until right up at the very end to get the surprise twist ending. It's not like that. I mean, if you Google this movie and just watch the trailer that they have, which is what they show you to get you to want to watch the movie, in the trailer you know that these people are going through a divorce. So it's called Marriage Story. It's not about how they got married or how they met or how their marriage was when they were married and happy. It's called Marriage Story, and throughout the entire film they're going through a divorce. And that's not a secret, so I'm not blowing anything Uh, We just got to talk about that to get through to where we're going. So this marriage story movie, it is a comedy drama, although I didn't think it was much of a comedy. I mean, there were funny parts to it. Funny because you could only do one of two things, laugh or cry, and so you might as well laugh. (laughs) I mean, it just did a really good job of being really, really realistic and touching close to home if you've been in a divorce, went through a divorce, been the child of a divorce, been divorced, then this really, really hits close to home. I mean, I'm going to be honest, and this is just really, really stupid, but uh, I actually, like, teared up in this movie. And, I mean, I'm pretty much a manly man. I don't get all soft. I mean, I'm an emotional person, but I don't cry at movies, and I'm pretty stoic. But, you know, I gotta tell a secret to you, my friend. Not like I'd say this on a podcast where tons and tons of people hear it. But just because I'm talking to you, my friend, I'll say, and don't have a problem saying, that my eyes were just a little damp during a couple different scenes of this movie. And now please, just keep that between you and I. But, I mean, my God, had somebody seen me while I was watching this? If I had been not hidden, alone watching it? Someone might have even thought that I might have been crying. Don't tell anybody. But it's because this movie happened to be so realistic. I mean, like, first of all, I gotta say, this is a genius movie, and if you haven't seen it, you must see it. If you have a wonderful relationship and a wonderful marriage, and you will never be divorced, and you're gonna be together forever, you will want to watch this movie, and you will understand instantly what any of your friends or family went through 
when they went through a divorce. And now on the other side, if you've been through a divorce, you will want to watch this movie because you will relate to it. Even if your divorce was different, if the circumstances were different, if there wasn't this or that, or maybe there was more of this or that, this is what you're going to realize, that the emotions of the characters are spot on and so much of the film is just like wow were they there how did they know did they get my court transcripts <laughs> i mean it's amazing now i do want to say this is one of those movies that you'll only want to watch one time because i'll be honest it's just too painful to watch at the same time i say that this film is a masterpiece it's a great film i mean this director noah Baumbach, is a genius i mean this film his screenplay the acting the characters were amazing so let me tell you a little bit about the film the movie a marriage story opened in theaters very very limited because it was known that it was going to netflix so it's on netflix it opened in november of 2019 and it came to netflix on december 6th 2019 like i said it's listed as a comedy drama but it's mostly just a sad sad drama it stars scarlett johansson Adam Driver, Laura Dern, Alan Alda, and Ray Liotta. Uh, and it has a lot of other side characters that's just amazing. And basically, it opens up on this love story where you hear these two people reading these amazingly wonderful things about each other. And you quickly learn that they're doing this in the course of a marriage moderator or counselor that's in their life because they're going through a separation divorce. Now, Scarlett Johansson plays the wife and Adam Driver plays the husband. They're two professional people. They live in New York. He is a play director and she is an actress who was popular when she was younger and kind of gave that up for this married life. And they're a cute couple. They've got a eight or nine, ten-year-old kid. And I'll be honest, something kind of seemed off with the kid even before all of the craziness. I don't really know what happened with him. He kind of annoyed me through it a little bit, honestly. I'll be interested to hear what you guys think of him. But their marriage is falling apart, and she is moving out to California to stay with her mother because she's got offered this part on a pilot that she's going to be shooting for a TV show and she's trying to recreate her uh, career and become an actress again and they just start falling apart drastically from there. They're going to go through this divorce and not have an attorney's involved. Quickly her friend tells her to get an attorney. She goes to see this attorney. This attorney's, you know, just trying to be a good friend and and do what attorneys do and that quickly leads to him getting an attorney, he goes to see Ray Liotta, who's a really high-priced attorney and wants to really just kick their head in and go balls to the wall hard. And he's like, no, 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 you know, because he still loves her. He doesn't want the divorce. She wants the divorce. She feels like she's being neglected. And it's just that kind of deal where one person wants the divorce and the other doesn't. And it just devolves to a point where... They're sitting in a courtroom like so often happens, and you've got the judge and two attorneys arguing these people's lives out, and the two people are just so numb from everything, they're not even really involved or taking part in it. You've got the two attorneys fighting it out, and you've got the people just sitting there like, brokenhearted. Matter of fact, there's a scene in the movie where because of the attorneys being involved and because of the nastiness that the attorneys have dug up on the other one and have brought out in court, you've got these two people who at one time loved each other and gave each other a beautiful child and cared for one another are now standing in a room 10 feet apart, screaming the most 
horrendous shit at one another. It's a crazy scene, and it's played out so many countless times with you and I and regular people, and it's just absolutely an amazing, amazing scene. I I don't even know what you'd call it, maybe a character study. So stay with me here. I'm getting ready to play this clip for you. And the clip is just a hair over five minutes. What it is, is it's a montage of this argument scene where they're deep inside the divorce proceedings. They're actually at the gentleman's home and they're trying to see if they can now work things out without the attorneys because they realize how crazy the attorneys have made things. But now they're so amped up There's just almost no going back, and they're going to try to do whatever they can at this point to hurt the other one with their words and cut them down and prove to this person who at one point they loved above all else that they never cared for them at all. You're listening to the 73rd episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we'll be right back after this scene from the 2019 movie Marriage Story starring Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. I thought we should talk. Uh-huh. I feel like maybe things have gone too far. Uh-huh. I mean, my mom's taken out a loan against the house to help me pay Nora. I thought I'd pay Nora. Well, you pay 30% of Nora. Well, I'm going broke too, if that's any help. The evaluator will come into our homes. They're going to interview Henry in addition to us, our friends, family, enemies, and then they'll observe us with him, how we are as parents. Sounds awful. I know. I feel like if anybody observed me on any given day as a mom, I'd never get custody. That was a joke. I know. I feel the same way. Right. So, maybe we can figure something out between us. You'll remember I said this to you at the beginning. I know you did, but these are different circumstances. I was anticipating these circumstances. Do you understand why I want to stay in L.A.? No. (laughs) That's not a useful way for us to start. I don't understand it. We had a great life where we were. You call that a great life? You know what I mean. I don't mean we had a great marriage. I mean life in Brooklyn. I was your wife. You should have considered my happiness, too. Come on, you were happy. You've just decided you weren't now. You can't imagine desires other than your own, unless they're forced on you. Okay, you wish you hadn't married me, you wish you had a different life, but this is what happened. Fucking Nora telling me I always lived in LA, even though I never lived in LA. How could you ever say those things about me? Jay said them about me too. You shouldn't have fired Bert. I needed my own asshole. Let's just both agree both of our lawyers said shitty stuff about both of us. Nora was worse. You're putting me through hell. You put me through hell during our marriage. Oh, is that what that was? Hell. And now you're going to put Henry through this horrible thing so you can yet again get what you want. It's not what I want. I mean, it's what I want, but it's what was... was. What's best for him? Oh, well, I was wondering when you get around to Henry and what he actually wants. Fuck off. No, you fuck off. If you listen to your son or anyone, they can tell you that he'd rather live here. Stop putting your feelings about me onto Henry. He tells me he likes it better here. He tells you because he knows it's what you want to hear. He tells me you're on the phone all the time. You don't even play with him. Because I'm going through a divorce in L.A. and trying to direct a play in New York, which closed because I wasn't there. You're being so much like your father. Do not compare me to my father. I didn't compare you to him. I said you were acting like him. You're exactly like your mother. Everything you're complaining about her, you're doing. You're suffocating Henry. First of all, I I love my mother. She was a wonderful mother. Just repeating what you told me. Secondly, how dare you compare my mother to my mother? I may be like my father, but I am not like my mother. You are! And you're like my father. You're also like my mother. You're all the bad things about all of these people. But mostly your mother. When we would lie in bed together, sometimes I would look at you and see her and just feel so gross. I felt repulsed when you touched me. You're a slob. I made all the beds, closed all the cabinets, took care of you like an infant. Makes me want to peel my skin off. You'll never be happy. In LA or anywhere, you think you found some better opposite guy than me, and in a few years, you rebel against him because you need to have your voice. But you don't want a voice. You just want to fucking complain about not having a voice. I think about being married to you and that woman is a stranger to me. I mean, we had a... Child's marriage. You've gone back to your life before you met me. It's pathetic. People used to tell me that you were too selfish to be a great artist, and I used to defend you. They were absolutely right. All your best acting is behind you. You're back to being a hack. You gaslighted me. You're a fucking villain. Oh, you want to present yourself as a victim because it's a good legal strategy? 
Fine, but you and I both know you chose this life. You wanted it until you didn't. You used me so you could get out of LA. I didn't use you. You did, and then you blamed me for it. You always made me aware of what I was doing wrong, how I was falling short. Life with you was joyless. What, so then you had to go and fuck someone you else? You shouldn't be upset that I fucked her. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Do you love her? No, but she didn't hate me. You hated me. You hated me. You fucked somebody we worked with. You stopped having sex with me in the last year. I never cheated on you. That was cheating on me. But there's so much I could have done. I was a director in my 20s who came from nothing and was suddenly on the cover of fucking Time Out New York. I was hot shit and I wanted to fuck everybody and I didn't. And I loved you and I didn't want to lose you. But I'm in my 20s and I didn't want to lose that too and I kind of did. And you wanted so much, so fast. I didn't even want to get married. Fuck it. There's so much I didn't do. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. I can't believe I have to know you forever. Oh, you're fucking insane. And you're fucking winning. Are you kidding me? I wanted to be married. I'd already lost. You didn't love me as much as I loved you. You're such a dick. Every day I wake up and I hope you're dead. Dead like if I can guarantee Henry would be okay. I'd hope you'd get an illness and then get hit by a car and die. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> They apologize here and we'll get back. I'm sorry. Man, I mean, I tell you, um, this film is absolutely amazing. Now, I will tell you that they are up for a whole lot of awards. It has received a lot of critical acclaim. And, I mean, I can tell you, I, it's been a long time since I've watched a film that I've felt this strongly about. I, I actually, I'm recording this episode on Friday the 24th of 2020, and I actually woke up and watched this film. I don't even know how I came upon it. I, I haven't heard about it. I I don't I don't even know. I hit Netflix on my phone. I saw Adam Driver. He's a, a good actor that I, I generally like. I, I tend to think Scarlett Johansson's pretty. So I clicked on the film and was immediately sucked in. Now, is that because I've been divorced. I want to say this. I come from divorce and am used to divorce in my family. My parents, my mother and my father, were divorced when I was 18 months old. And I don't recall them being together. I was 18 months old. So they were high school sweethearts. They got married after high school. They probably shouldn't have. They probably should have dated longer. If they would have dated longer, they probably wouldn't have been married. Then I wouldn't be here, so thank God they did what they did. But they got married. They were together three years. They had me, and they just realized that they were too young for each other, and they went their separate ways. Shortly after that, my mother met my stepfather, and they have been married since 1985. 84 when I don't know when they were married uh, anyways uh, my stepfather has been in my life for all of my realm of existence so basically what I'm saying here is I grew up thinking it was completely normal that I had a mother and two fathers and I lived with my mom and my stepdad and I'd basically go to my dad's when I wanted. I was around all my family. I, my brother lived at my mother's house. When I wanted him to go or when he wanted to go to my dad's house, they would go. My dad and my mom and my stepdad got along. There wasn't crazy legal battles. There wasn't a whole bunch of craziness over support. 
my dad's extended family, like his parents and his brother and sister, got along with my mom. My grandmother used to jokingly say, and still says it, not jokingly, my grandmother says, I guess is a better way to say it, that my mother is her favorite daughter-in-law. Now, keep in mind, my dad's actually been married two other times after my mom, and my grandmother would openly say that, uh, <laughs> which is just kind of a cringeworthy thing, but it was always good for my mom, and, and I always liked hearing it, so it is what it is. Uh, but my, my mom and my stepdad were married and, and have been married all this time and are a wonderful couple. Uh, my dad wasn't so lucky. He never really made it in love. He, after my mother and him split up, he threw himself into his work. He owned a business, a 110-year-old company, Muncie Tinton Awning. And he started dating a woman several years younger than him. They dated for quite some time. They got married. And I accepted her. We were on good terms. You know, I was starting to grow up as a, you know, middle-aged kid. I was 8, 9, 10, 11. And, you know, I didn't have a problem with my stepmother, uh, Kathy, uh, from that side. But I didn't look at her the same way I did, you know, my mother, my dad, or my stepdad. But I still, you know, cared for her. Her and my dad got divorced. She actually cheated on him. And so my dad went his separate ways with her. And then my dad dated a couple other people. And then he ended up dating a woman who he ended up having a child with, which is my other brother, who is several years younger than me. He'll be 21 this year. So you can see he's quite a bit younger. But that relationship with my father and that woman never really lasted. And then in 2016, my father passed. So my dad really, you know, never really made it in love. <laughs> and it was kind of always a joke. You know, we'd always talk about him being divorced three times and he was a, a master of love and it was just kind of a, a thing, you know. Uh, but as far as that goes, even though I had been around that divorce, I never had any bad experiences with it. You know, I never witnessed any abuse or I never witnessed anything just real crazy. So, you know, I'm lucky there. My aunt was divorced a couple times. My uncle didn't get married till later in life. My grandparents are still together. My grandparents on my mother's side were divorced shortly after I came into the picture and my grandmother was a single woman, Claudette King, just basically stayed single uh, from the time I was born until she passed, also in 2016. So I come from divorce, but I never had bad experiences with it. Now, when I got out of Ball State, and after I came back from London, I met a woman, and that'll be a story I'll tell one day how we, I met her. I actually met my first wife in London, and her and I were married, and uh, we didn't have kids, but we didn't last. We got a divorce, and you know it wasn't bad. We didn't go through a crazy, crazy bad divorce, but when I split up with my first wife, I got with my soulmate. Um, my second wife's name is Joni, and um, I can't even describe it. Um, I feel as though my connection with Joni, she gets the way that my brain clicks. She understands my level of insanity or whatever it is. She speaks the language that speaks directly to me that I have never felt or seen with any other person. And Joni and I were together for for a very, very long time. I mean, I, I look at Joni as my absolute soulmate. Now, I don't know if there's just one person for everybody out there, 
And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Or if there are a whole grouping of people out there and people are compatible and some people you're more compatible with and others you're less compatible with, but there are, say, 50 people out there that you absolutely click with, if that's the case, I've never, ever found anyone else. Joni's it. Maybe everybody else suffered some kind of disease and and didn't make it. Maybe my other soulmates were on a plane crash. I, I don't know. All I can tell you is, as far as I'm concerned, uh, my soulmate is one person, and it's a person that I've been infatuated with for 14 years, and I don't see that ever stopping. Now, here's where it's going to start to get personal. I have never admitted this out loud to many people at all. I mean, people know it, and there are people around me that know it, but uh, I've kept it secret. I'm a very... I'm an enigma because I get on here and I babble on and I talk to all of you people and I come on and I do my thing, but at the same time, I'm a very shy, quiet, personal issue, private person. I mean, I can get on and perform and I can get on and do the politics and I can get on and talk to everybody, but when it comes to expressing feelings, when it comes to letting people know what I'm thinking... I just don't do that when it relates to me. I can let you know what I'm thinking about city council. I can let you know what I'm thinking about what's going on at the, at the White House. But letting people know that my second marriage deteriorated is not something that I really ever wanted to do. And not because I'm embarrassed by it. It's not something really, while, although I believe that people are embarrassed by things like that, I don't look at it as an embarrassment. The reason I didn't want to say that out loud and I didn't want people to know and I was quiet about it, I, I can only believe that it would be because it's like trying to hold on to the hope that it's not. Trying to pretend that, you know, everything's okay, which I've done. I've done. I mean, there's been whole segments of people that I've just never told. There have been people who believe that I'm still married, I think. And it's not out of a sense of lying or, or trying to lie. It's out of the sheer pain because I mean if I had my choice if if you could say hey Chris where would you be I would say right now well it's 7:26 a.m. I would like to be waking up in my bed next to my wife Joni but, because we don't always get what we want, and because things like that are not just one person's choice, it's 7.27 a.m. on Friday, January 24th, and I'm talking into a microphone... <laughs> about this crap, because, all because of this stupid movie. And she's, you know, where she's at, and, you know, that's that. And it sucks because I feel as though, like, time is slipping away. You know, um, I've been separated from her for, you know, hell, going on a year and a half, maybe, maybe longer, and I 
dealt with that and dealt with it internally, dealt with it myself, you know, don't, you know, kind of person you don't go to counseling you don't you don't sit around and just talk to a stranger and tell <laughs> tell strangers your problems <laughs> it's better for you to get on a microphone and tell all those people that <laughs> some that know you and some that don't know you what, <laughs> what your problem is but you know I never really felt like doing that and I didn't ever want to say it because I didn't want to make it real saying it made it real saying I'm divorced makes it real. You know, how do you go from strangers to lovers, husband and wife, to strangers again? You know, it's like that Third Eye Blind song How's it going to be when you don't know me anymore? Well, let me tell you, it sucks. <laughs> it, uh, it, it really sucks. Because, you know, I mean, like, all right, so you separate, and yeah, it's, it's horrible, and, and you're doing what you can to, like, oh, let me get back, come on, let's, we can work this out. And then, I mean, you get to a point, I mean, it's just like a death. I mean, my dad's been passed since June of 2016, and that hurt, you know, walking in and seeing him, it hurt, and it hurt the next day, and it hurt the next day, and, you know, the death of a family member, the death of a parent, something like that, especially young, I mean, dad was young, he was only 56, you know, two weeks later, I'd be driving down the road and see an awning that he put up and, you know, start to kind of get upset. But two months, you're, okay, you're better. Three months, you're better. Four months, you miss him. You know, you're not better. It never, it never goes away. It just becomes scar tissue that's still there, always present. You can always feel it. But you can live. But in that situation, you know, he didn't say, hey, I don't want to see you anymore. He didn't have a choice. And nothing I could do or have done would have made that different. Now, in this situation, what could I do? Is there anything I could do? Are there things that I could do? Could I have done things differently? Anything differently? I mean, I'll tell you this. We had a lot of craziness go on in the last two years that we were together. And, I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. And, you know, shit happens. Life happens. And, you know, like that John Lennon song, Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. And, uh, you know, the plans I was making was, you know, to be Mr. Bilbury next to my wife, Mrs. Joni Bilbury, and have the kids and the dogs running around, and we got the fence that we're putting up, and the pool in the backyard, and living in this amazingly wonderful home. And so... Uh, you know, I I watched this movie yesterday, and man, it just really spoke to me because you know I've I've lived that scene that I played, where you know you're going to box up some clothing or you're stopping in to get the mail like, you know, two weeks after the separation or or a month after the separation. And, you know, you still intimately know each other. You know, it's like standing there looking at your partner that you've separated from, you know, and you guys know what I'm talking about. You guys have been through divorce. 
you know, there's a point where one day you woke up from bed with this person, even if you were sleeping on a couch at some point year before the divorce happened, there's one morning that you wake up in bed with this person, roll over and kiss them good morning or, you know, kiss them on the way out the door, and that's it. There's no more kisses. You know, that's that's the day. That's the day that you get the news. That's the day that the fight occurs. That's the day that it all changes. Now, what I can't seem to understand is literally everybody else I know, you know, they find another partner and they move on. My question is... Do I just continue to hold on? Because here's the deal. I can't, I mean, it's been all this time and there's been zero healing. No healing. It's as fresh and as open and as raw to me, today, as day one, you know, and you, it's like this, it's like, I, you know, I'm not even thinking, there's a cake song, uh, uh, what is it, we'll meet accidentally at the bank when I, when she borrows my pen, uh, something like that, but, you know, I, I, when you meet somebody new, and you start dating or talking, you know, that doesn't start out with, hey, are, we're, are we getting married? Are we soulmates? You know, tell me all my deepest, darkest secrets and blah, blah, blah. You meet somebody in a chance encounter. The problem is, I don't even have any desire or issue or, or will to do that. Because I don't want to go through that process. I don't want to be alone. You know, that's I was talking to uh, Audie. I think. I don't know who I was talking to. I might have been telling Sarah Beach the other day that, you know, I talk to thousands of you on here. I pick up this microphone and I'm talking to all of you and you're all messaging me and, and I'm talking to a lot of you people and you're talking to me. Yet, at the same time, I'm very much alone and I don't want to be alone, but I don't want to be together with somebody besides her. You know, she experienced with me the loss of my father and just various points of the majority of my adult life. And I'm like, I, how can you get with somebody and be with somebody that has no clue who my father was? You know, there in this world exists a woman who knew Dwayne Bilberry as her father-in-law. And then there would be somebody else who Dwayne Bilberry would be their father-in-law, but he's a deceased man. That kind of stuff seems crazy to me. And so, you know, I've mostly babbled, and I talked about that movie, and I played too much of that movie, but I want you to hear it. I please want you, I want you to watch it. I want you to watch that movie. It really spoke to me. It should speak to you, whether you've been through a divorce, you know somebody that's been through a divorce. Watch that movie. It's it's wild. It's I, I, I can't say enough about it. But... The whole thing is, you know, I've been that person standing in that room yelling the most horrible things at the woman that I love while she's yelling the most horrible things at me. And I know that neither one of us can truly mean it because neither one of us were horrible to the other and we, we did deeply care about each other. And I want you all to know that, you know, if you're out there and alone, there are other people alone you're not alone. We could be alone together. <laughs> I also want you to know you don't got to worry. I'm not suicidal. I'm okay, but this is good to talk about it. It's cathartic. You know, I've got this podcast. I guess it's kind of like a diary. It doesn't always have to be about politics. And today I wanted to connect with you guys all on a personal 
very personal level and let you know that, you know, if you're hurting, there's other people out here hurting with you. You don't have to hurt alone. We can hurt alone together, together alone. But please understand that there are others out there feeling it and you're not alone. Please don't ever think that it's worth doing something drastic or stupid to yourself. And if you ever feel that way, please pick up the phone and call me or anyone else. Because you being alive and everyone being alive until God says it's time is the absolute key. Nothing is ever worth hurting yourself over or, you know putting your family and your friends through that. So keep that in mind. And also know that I'm okay and I'm going to be okay. But I just wanted to take this chance to talk with you and connect. I mean, don't get weirded out. I, I'm, you know, a couple of years into this thing and I'm doing just fine. But I just, you know, I guess, I guess we'll have to revisit this because, you know, in my mind, I'd like to think that at some point, we're going to both realize that we're wasting time and we're going to reconnect. Now, that's probably stupid. It's probably ludicrous. That'll never happen. People will say, oh, you're holding on to false hope. Well, I can tell you, I, I'm not holding on to much of anything as far as that goes. But I'm definitely not in any type of mood to think, well, I'm going to swing out and get crazy at parties and and acting foolish and getting hooking up with all these people because that's just simply not what I'm interested in and I just I don't know how to get that divide and maybe someone out there has that answer and if you feel like you have an answer that others might need to hear please definitely call in I'm all ears and maybe others would like to hear it as well. Maybe we can help each other through this. You know, the way I'm looking at this is, this is a political podcast, but politicians are people, and people have lives, and good things happen in lives, and bad things happen in lives, and uh, people lose people to death, people lose people in divorce, and it's just shit that we work through. And if we can connect, as I said in, in episode 70, if we can connect as people and we can see each other as people, maybe it will be easier when we're doing the political stuff to understand, hey, wait a minute, that's a person over there, and we need to use some common sense. So this was basically another do-nothing episode. But it gave me a chance to say things out loud that I've never, I've never said to this many people. And I will gladly answer questions if anyone has any questions. If someone wants to send me an email or send me a Facebook message post, if somebody wants to send me a text, if you want to talk about your story, if you, like I said, feel like you have the answer that folks might need to hear, please call. If you want to talk on an episode, we can get you on. If you just want to tell your story, that's fine too. But realize the reason I'm doing this is because I felt that me being so guarded, if I was able to open up and talk, that maybe that might help just one person. And if it helps just one person, then it's worth it because that's what this podcast is about helping the community, coming together, doing what we can to help each other out, and being a community for each other, for you, you being there for me, and us doing what we can to make our communities the best they can be. And sometimes that doesn't involve politics. We've gone a little long today, folks. We're about three minutes past where we should be. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, I'm not even going to go into the long music. I'm just going to tell you guys, please share this episode, episode 73. Hell, I don't even know what I'm going to call it yet. 
it'll be something sappy, I'm sure. But thank you for sticking with me today. Thank you for listening. Please, please watch this marriage story movie on Netflix and let me know what your thoughts are because I believe it's a masterpiece. I mean, this movie spoke to me like, uh, really honestly, no other movie that I've seen or I can think of. And it's because it's so realistic. And I believe that it can be cathartic for people. I believe that it can help people heal. And it, in my opinion, might be helping me heal because it, it convinced me along with the director, to open up and, and talk to you all. And so maybe it might help you all. Maybe you're out there and you're suffering from a, a, a bad relationship, a breakup. Maybe it's not you. Maybe you're the child, the adult child. People don't really think about that. You know, my situation was I was young. I had friends when I was in school you know, my parents were divorced and I was in a routine. You know, it was great. I had friends that their parents were getting divorced at, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and it destroyed their lives. I have friends who are 25, 35, 40, whose parents are getting divorced now, and it's ruining their lives. People don't think about that, but elderly parents or older parents getting divorced when they have adult children those adult children are looked over a lot of times and they can also be suffering through you know depression or or other kinds of issues because of how that affects them the the marriage of their parents is crumbling and divorce is tough you know people just don't stick it out like they used to not saying you should stick out a bad situation but I'm not saying you should run at the first sign of trouble. You know, the one thing I can think of from my interview with Anthony Tiller was if you listened to that episode with Mr. Anthony Tiller, he's the gentleman that is the drug treatment counselor now, and before that he was in active addiction. That episode was number 64, Parking Lot Like a Trap House. And when he was listing through everything that he had done during 15 years of active addiction, how much money probably was taken, stolen, items missing, everything that a drug addict normally does to get drugs, insurance money used, bail money, time in jail, time in hospitals, hospital bills, time in the nursing home, overdosing, getting arrested with kids in the vehicle. And the one thing that struck with me was he's still married to the same woman. His wife stuck by him through sickness and through health. And I just got to say, God bless her and, and may God be with her and be with them. And that's really amazing. He's a lucky man and I hope he is able to keep it together to repay her for sticking by his side. And I'm not trying to call him out or anything here. I'm just saying that was really a testament to, you know, for better or worse, through sickness and and in health. And I, I have to applaud that. But, folks, I really enjoyed talking with you today. I hope that you share this episode. You tell people about the podcast. And... If this is able to help one person, then it's been worth it. If you all make fun of me and call me a loser and think that I'm an idiot, <laughs> you guys are welcome to do that, too. That would be perfectly fine. I mean, I have a pretty high self-confidence, so it's not like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be beat down if you guys are telling me I'm a loser. But uh, I just wanted to be honest with you, and I wanted to talk with you, and I wanted to connect uh, outside of politics. Next episode, 74, we'll be back in the political arena again. And, uh, you know, like I said with episode 70, every now and then we're going to do these because I think it's going to connect us and it's going to make us stronger and better. 
I want to say thank you for listening to this episode. Stay active, stay strong, continue to become educated with what's going on in your local government. If you have questions, don't hesitate to get a hold of me. Please let me know if you've watched Marriage Story or if you watch it after this episode. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know how it's affected you. If you've been in a divorce or you've been around divorce, let me know. Please get in touch with me about it. If you have any other comments about this episode, don't hesitate to send them. I will absolutely not shy away from any questions or any commentary. So please, please, let's have an open dialogue. That's what this is for. That's why I did this. Remember to tell all your friends and family that you can find this on many, many 10, 15 different podcast hosting sites. But the three main podcast hosting sites are Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. They will not let you down. You can get the link to the episode on all three of those, plus many, many more, as well as the home link at perception.fireside.fm. Until next time, God bless, stay safe, stay active, stay involved, and I'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.